time for Fest of Us That holiday for the rest of us Let's air out all those grievances And commence the feats of string Fly! aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, my fellow sky watchers from all 
corners of the globe. Welcome to another exciting episode of Sky Watchers Radio on this lovely December 23rd or 24th, depending on where you might be tonight, this morning, whatever. Happy holidays to all of you listening. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus for the rest of us. I am, of course, Angel Espino, broadcasting live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio from New Logic Entertainment Studios in Miami, Florida. As always, with me is my amigo, Alan. Happy Festivus, Alan. Thank you very much, and a hearty, healthy, and happy Festivus. Festivus, Festivus. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's it's not in my vocabulary. How come we don't do Kwanzaa or uh, Happy Shaka Khan or uh, you know? I, I I'm sorry. I've, well, I did say Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Those who don't celebrate those major but holidays, you got to pronounce it right. It's Hanukkah. Han- you got to get the phlegm going. Hanukkah, Hanukkah. right. Hanukkah. Exactly. Now, uh, I want to give a, a quick shout-out to our boss, Mr. Keith Rowland, who keeps us uh, broadcasting every week. He's a brave soul. Is he really our man. boss if we don't get paid? Yeah, he's still our boss. Hey, oh, and, really? You know, oh, okay. You know, and let's, you know, let's not air that kind of deep, dirty secret there. That's right, there. folks. We're doing this for free. So we're, what? Have- we're the, what? No, I'm just teasing. What? We're the highest-paid... DJs on internet radio, man. What? Oh, well. Okay, not really, no. <laughs> That's why we want everybody who's listening to donate $1 per week to us. How about that? Can we do that? You know, I was I was thinking about that the other day, Alan. Just, uh, just, just enough, $1, just $1. Check this out. I was, I'm was working on uh, rebuilding George Rodriguez's website. George is a good buddy of mine. Oh, George okay. Rodriguez, cool. legendary AM radio host, and uh, me and him go back a few years now, and I'm helping him rebuild his site, and I put a donation tab on his website. Right. And I was thinking, you know, as I'm talking to George about doing his website, I'm thinking, or I should say Jorge, because he's Cuban. He's a Cuban little fella. And I told him, I'm like, Jorge, and, you know, the donation tab. You know, I was thinking, you, you have a huge following, because, you know, he's been on AM radio for 25, almost 30 years. Right. You know, he's legendary. And I told him, with well, your following, if you've got every single person that's ever heard your show, or heard of you, or knew of you, to donate $1. I mean, you'd be exactly. able to buy a Happy Meal easily. <laughs> you know, no, much more. What is it? For every penny. <laughs> what's the joke? If I if I had a penny for every time I heard that joke, I'd be rich. Ba-dum-tsh. Sorry. But you know, you know, guys, it is Festivus. That's right. And like you know what the earlier? greatest nation in the world is during Festivus? Uh, Donation. Donation. That's, That's right. it. That's right. I'm just I'm just having fun. Folks, if you can and you're listening, donate to a good charity. Not one of the sucking ones that only use three to ten percent of what they come in for actually doing you know, good work. I have I have a rule when, when I donate to charities if the spokesperson is the rule well, be, is research. besides that. No, but here's the thing. If the guy on TV, because, you know, a lot of these charities are like telethons and stuff like that. But if it's a telethon and the guy on TV is wearing like really fancy clothes with like really expensive watches on and he has like jerry curl juice dripping down the side of his head, I'm, like, I'm not donating curl money. Juice? I'm like, uh, okay, I thought you were going to say Jerry Lewis dripping down his head, but okay. Well, he it, has some dripping do, down also. Is he still alive? Does he still do show, these things? 
I think he is. I think he might be living proof that aliens are real because something is keeping that man alive. I don't know what it is. But, you know, here's the thing. For for years, he's been doing that Jerry's Kids telethon, right? I mean, that's, that's been going on for how long? How many decades now? Four at least? Three, four years? Three, four decades, right? Something like that? Sounds about right. Now, in all that time, have you noticed that his hair has not gone white? I think all that telethon money they're raising is just going to keep Jerry Lewis's hair black. <laughs> I don't know. It's like industrial black paint. What's on this man's head? Cause I, I, it, I don't know, man. I, I'm God bless him. I, I just don't know. Hey, you want to hear a really funny joke that I realized is so true? What's that? You know, Marvel and DC have two really, really cool superheroes that have no superpowers. Uh, Batman. Batman, and then yeah. there's Iron Man. All they are is rich. Right. So right, you know what right, that right. really means in real life? It means um, I'm really disappointed in Bill Gates. Good point. Yeah. He could be a superhero, but he does nothing. Yeah. Him and, and uh, Steve Jobs, you know, rest in peace. But when he was alive, he had so much bread. I mean, he, he easily could have been uh, Iron Man. Right. Absolutely. Or they could put him in an iron suit with an iron lung. Keep him alive. Alive. Will he I walk around going brains? brains? You know, they were going to do another movie of his life, and uh, they canceled that. Uh Christian Bale is going to play him, which would have been really, really? interesting. Yeah. He, he backed out, and now they're, they're probably Smart not going to do move. it. Smart move. I'm sorry. Smart move. Yeah. Well, I could, you know, Christian Bale is a method actor, man. I could see him becoming Jobs. H- have you seen Exodus yet? No, I have not. Okay, neither have I, but I, you know, I want to see it. But, uh, wow. Uh, if anybody's listening with our listeners, um, if you've seen Exodus, give us a call. Tell us what you think. See if the burning bush was really uh, some burning pot, and that's why he saw God. Actually, you know what? Uh, I was uh, watching some stuff with uh, Joe Rogan. You know, he talks about DMT and all this kind of stuff all the time. Joe Rogan's a brilliant dude, by the way. Right. And uh, he was talking about uh, you know the burning bush and how there's, a, I guess, a theory going on right now, and I have to research this a little bit more to be more clear on it, but there's a theory going around that the burning bush was all a hallucination, and uh, they were hallucinating on DMT. How did they have DMT back then, first of all? Uh, well, no, because actually it's that bush. No, 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 it's not synthetic. Here's the thing. DMT is produced by nature. Like, we have it in our brain. Animals have it. Plants have it. Okay. That bush if that's the has case, it. If that's the case, explain the plagues. Well, that, I can't explain the plagues, man. Who the heck would, who could explain the plagues? Can well, you? Um, that's the whole thing. Miracles. How or, can a miracle explain the plague? I, either miracles or alien intervention. No, just uh, you know, stuff happens on the planet, man. I mean, I mean, they have. I mean, I could see a valid scientific explanation for the parting of the Red Sea, but I, 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 yeah. I'm still not there on the ten plagues. Earth, well, the the earthquake theory. No, for parting the Red Seas. No, no, not theory. at all, not at all. What's another theory? The other theory I heard, I you know, you know, and I'm Jewish. I'm the one who's supposed to be automatically believing everything. Correct. Uh, yes. You know, you know the the whole Red Sea parting. You know, where they were crossing, there were some significant crosswinds, and you know, it's there was like a, um, it wasn't a fully deep Red Sea. It's like how did Jesus walk on water? Because it was only a foot deep. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> same thing here. You know, the wind, you know, was blowing 
just a little bit, so it looked so you're like saying it, it, So you're saying it wasn't that big of a, of a split down the Red Sea, and it was just more like, you know, embellishing the story, like, which, it, it, that could actually be exactly what happened. See, this is what I think happened. I think they just walked down this, you know, this very, very uh, short puddle. Yeah, but Not it still doesn't explain all the fa- all of Pharaoh's men and Pharaoh himself drowned. Well, here, here, here's the deal. Here, Obviously, well, they the can't thing. swim because they're wearing so much right. armor. But you know, I think this went from a puddle to he parted the Red Seas, and it was just and it just became a you know legend. That I don't people know. Just exaggerated I, on. I don't know because it's really really funny that so many of these um, paleoarchaeologists are finding so many things that validate certain things in the Old Testament. You know, like the wall of Jericho, they found that it was crumbled. They found remnants of Sodom and Gomorrah that have radiation burns mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, there's more things in heaven and earth than you and I could ever fathom in either of our philosophies. This is very, very true. This is very, very true. And if you guys want to comment, for God's sakes, call in and comment. Please do. Again, that number is 786-245-8127. Now, since it is Festivus, uh, switching back here to, uh, Happy to something Festivus. we have actually planned. So, so can I do this right? Happy Festivus? That was pretty good. you got to get more phlegm going there. Alan. Happy, 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 joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, Festivus. Okay. There you go. That's pretty good. Not really. Eh, but not bad. What we're going to do is we're going to air our, our grievances because, you know, it is Festivus. In part of the Festivus tradition, as you know, Alan, I mean, you know what Festivus is all about, man. I do? Okay, fine, if you say so. You know you do. But anyway, part of the Festivus tradition is we air out our grievances. Yes, so I, I, we, we have grievances. Yeah, I've, I've got a grievance or two. So we're going to air out our grievances right here on Sky Watchers Radio. And, guys, it's going to happen. Right now. And now, it is time to air out our grievances for 2014. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now starting, we're not going to let people call in. And- All right, we're going to have you guys call on in if you want once we finish airing out our grievances. Now, I have a list of eight grievances that I'm going to go through. Now, you have a couple grievances also, right, Alan? Yeah, one or two. I'm, I'm really easy to deal with. He's really easy, folks. That's where he's trying to get at. If she's cute, I'm really, really, really easy. Me too. There we go. It hasn't been a comment. Now here, uh, please send a say, photo first. I'm gonna let you know yes, if I'm please. gonna be easy, easy, easy. No, no, no. Photos lie, dude. No, no. I want video. No. <laughs> yeah, I want a photo. I want a photo with the day's newspaper or something. No, 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 because they could do like that, you know, Facebook selfie type of picture where even the, like the ugly girls look cute. I don't want that. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't remind me. I've have, I'm, I don't want to have flashbacks. Yeah, I know you. I know you've been, you know, in that trouble once or twice with girls on Facebook. Not you've gone through week. that. Is that part of your grievance? You know, girls do that on Facebook. Not this week. Not, not 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 last week. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks now. Please don't do this to me. Okay, I'm going to air out my first grievance and right. uh, follow along here with me. And, and you know, some of this, uh, some of these grievances are going to be stuff that uh, that we have uh, that deal with this show, and some of them have nothing to do with the show. Some of them might be personal. Some of them not, might not be personal. My first grievance uh, for this year, for 2014, is our listeners, you listening out there, I have a grievance with you guys because you don't call in 
and we're practically begging you sometimes to call in. We got great guests. Uh, we have phenomenal numbers, and not a call. Not what a flipping call. What do we got to do to get you to give us a call into the show? I mean, Jimmy says. Hey guys, open lines. Call on in. It's gonna be fantastic. And he gets like fifty calls. It's amazing. I don't know how he does it. I mean, you know, he's Jimmy Church. Jimmy Church, but but still. Who do we gotta kill to get them to to get people to interact with us? Really, folks, come on. Call in. Hell, call in now. <laughs> call on in right now. Anytime. Anyway, that's my first grievance of twenty fourteen. What's yours, uh, Mr. Allen? Well, I was going to agree with you. That's that is one of my grievances. Uh, I, I I think that we ha- we get to see how many people are actually listening here, and if only a one percent of one percent called in, our lines would be flooded. What do we have to do to convince you to call in? Seriously, folks, come on. Okay, I'm done with that. Okay, so so that that's our grievance. That's our first grievance. I think we're going to share that one because that's really a major pet peeve of mine. I mean, and you and I talk about this all the time. We're baffled by the fact that we we really you know have great numbers, and and it's funny we don't get callers, and it's amazing because we give out we got the tons of listeners all the time. Yeah, we got we got tons of listeners, but nobody wants to call in. Nobody calls. It's amazing. It's an amazing amazing phenomenon. I've never experienced another show that has this kind of problem. Okay. It's amazing. Now, my second grievance for the year 2014 has nothing to do with you guys, the callers. Nothing to do with you guys, the listeners. Not yet. Not this one. We have another one. But hot dogs. Oh, I thought it was going to be a grievance with me. Okay. No, no, I'm not a hot dog. No, no. Hot dogs. I mean, are they sandwiches or are they not? What's the deal? Okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. You can have a hot dog without the bun. So it's not a sandwich. But but what is the constitution of a hot dog? It's I don't a, even a, want to know what the constitution with, is. With, with meat in the middle. That's a, that's a sandwich. Again, you could have a hot dog without the bun. So it's not a sandwich. But you could have meat without the bun also, and, and it's still not a sandwich. I mean, exactly. That's, a, that's, not a, that's not an argument, though. But, but when you is. put it together, when you, when you put you get the bun, and you put the hot dog in the middle. And then you get the, the the mustard, right? You put mustard on that sucker, and you put some ketchup, maybe some some mayonnaise. I don't know what you, you guys are into, some banana peppers or something. I don't know. I'm getting myself hungry. But the point is, it, it sounds like a sandwich to me. Dude, Alan. if this is a crisis here, you really need some therapy. Come on, really. This is a this is a timeless question, my friend. It's a timeless question. No, a timeless question is a chicken. Which came first, chicken or the egg? No, that. that's a, that's an that is an open ended question which, which nobody can answer really. Um. Yeah, you know, that's true. Nobody can answer that. I'm not. I'm not just. I'm just really not going to go there. Again, anyway. folks, if you're listening, please do me a favor and call in and actually comment on which. Can't By the way, the we would. We would love to have your grievances live on air if you guys want to call in and That's share right. your Absolutely. grievances with us. And, and by the way, we are going to have a guest later on on the show. Mr. Timothy Beckley is going to be with us, and we're going to talk more about him as soon as we're done with, with our, our grievances. grievances. Of course. Now, moving on to my next grievance. And, and really, this is, in general, Skywatcher's radio grievances. I mean... Like, oh, I thought you, know, you were going to say General Skywalker, and then we go over to Star Wars grievances. Well, I've got Star I don't Wars have a grievance yet. I don't have... Well... 
prequels aside, I don't have any grievances with Star Wars. But anyway. Damn Jar Jar. Damn Jar Jar to hell. You know, I was hoping we would go a whole year without mentioning that name on the show, Alan. When did we mention Jar Jar before? We haven't, and that's the whole point. We almost went a full year. Misa no remembers. Jesus, there he goes again. <laughs> anyway, moving on to my third grievance. The Sony company for not releasing the interview. But in now theaters. they are. Are they? Yeah, but it's like yeah. limited release, right? Is yes, that what it is? It's or? a limited release where they have security and bomb shelters, yes. Okay. Now, a tie-in to this grievance is Kim Jong-un for being such a crybaby. I mean, really? Sending hackers to hack Sony? And By the way, it's still very funny what happened. I mean, it, it is amusing to find out, to, to read some of the emails that came out of this thing. Very funny stuff. But, Go ahead and read I mean, I mean, no, I'm not going to read the emails here, uh, Alan, but I mean, it's still funny, some of the stuff that, that came out of this uh, Sony hack. But really, Kim Jong-un, you can't take a joke, man, seriously. I mean, your dad took a joke, Team America, World Police, you know. He didn't invade no Sony you know, company or the South Park guys or anything like that. I mean, it's a joke. It's He's comedy. like, why you make fun of me? Oh. He, he doesn't want to be Wonwi. You Ronry crazy Americans. So Wonwi. So, so Ronry. <laughs> oh man, that, that was that a movie, great man. Movie. I, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, love but we can't movie. play their theme song because no, we we're. Can't. Yeah, we we would like to. Oh yeah, that's a grievance for me. We have to have at least one show on PSN that is totally uncensored. Oh, we could do that. That would day. be a great show. I think we should, and I, I know exactly. You're, you're just I, dying to like start like cursing on air for no reason. Yeah, I don't know why you're, you're dying to do that. Right. Well, it depends on the time of day. No, but seriously, come on, <laughs> I, listeners. What do you think? An unscripted and uncensored when g- celebrities and guests go crazy. Totally, totally uncensored. Dude, I think show. by now most of the listeners know that this show is completely unscripted. Yeah, uh, yes, we are unscripted, but we're not uncensored. For the most part. We, well, no, no, we no, are we, censored. We are no, censored. No, no, we, we are. Right, we're censored. But Everybody's we, censored. But we, 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 are, we are. We're totally not scripted, but we do have a list of things we want to get through during right. the show. So, Like my next grievances uh, here. And uh, this is, again, the Skywatchers Radio Grievances for 2014. Okay. And this is a grievance that I've had for a very long time. And you might be able to ring a bell or, you know, chime in on this, uh, Alan. Uh, Jews for Jesus. What's oh. up with that? Aren't they a little bit late to the party? I mean, <laughs> 2,000 years, you know, you guys party. killed the guy. And now that, you know, they're showing up. Hey, Jesus, what a great guy. Yeah, we changed our what's mind. What's up with them? Yeah. yeah, what's up with that? Okay, what, what the story, do you really want me to go into the what the story really is with that? Well, give me a minute of that. Okay, the story is that these people believe that while they were born Jewish, that um, Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah, and he performed all the miracles that they said they did. Um, But, uh, you know, that's how they land out now. The only problem is, is, I don't know, by the way, I don't know if you saw the Facebook post that I put up the other day when it came to the Christian religion, where I'm like, there it is. Drop the microphone. I'm done. Did you okay. see that post? No, I didn't. Know. Okay. Here's what it stated. Basically, okay. plain and simple. And this is 100% true. Everybody here who's a Christian believes the King James Version is the word of God. Correct? That's about right. 
Yeah. Problem is, is that the King James Version of the New Testament was completed in 1611 by eight members of the Church of England. And they were... And That's right, at, also, yeah. At the time, though, there were no original texts to translate. The oldest manuscripts that they had at the time were a hundred years after the last apostle died. <coughs> there were over 8,000 different manuscripts. No two of them were alike. The King James translators used none right, of these right. anyway. Instead, they edited previous translations to create a version for their king and parliament to approve. So the 21st century Christians that believe the word of God is, the, is actually a book edited in the 17th and 16th century from translations of 8,000 contradictory copies of 4th century scrolls that claim to be copies of the lost letters written in the 1st century. Right. How can that be the word of God? Well, anybody who actually believes that any Bible is the word of God is kind of kooky. Well, well, a little bit delusional, my, my you know own, what I'm saying? Well, my only response to that is, is that, and no one can an actually answer this question for me. Why is it that the Bible code, you know the Bible code stuff, right? Right, right, right. Okay. I know a little bit about it. Yeah. Okay, why does the Bible code seem to work for, in the Old Testament, but it doesn't work in the New Testament? Ah, that's a good you know, Right. Either a smarter, smarter people wrote the Old Testament. <laughs> either, a, either God or a supercomputer wrote the Old Testament. Could be. Possibility. You know, that's all I could say to that one. And folks, if you have something to comment on that, please call in. Because, again, that was one of the things we had to discuss. Part call of in. our grievances. Gosh darn it, blankety blank, blank, blank. Call in. So there you go. That is the reason that Jews are for Jesus. Well, yeah, basically. No, kind of. Now, here's another grievance, and this has to do, again, with you guys out there listening in. Because this is another phenomenon that, uh, that we faced here on Skywatchers Radio on this one-year anniversary. By the way, it is a one-year anniversary, Alan, that we've is been on. Is today our one-year anniversary? It is, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it is our one-year anniversary of being on Dark Matter Radio Oh, Network good God. That's sent together. incredible. I guess everybody does need to give us that one dollar now. Yes, we've made it one year. Now, this is an amazing phenomenon that's happened, uh, and... It's happened sporadically with different listeners, you know, just randomly. But callers who call in the day after the show to ask me personal questions about either myself or the guest that we had on that night before and try to engage me in some sort of, like, weird conversation about the subject matter. Like, why would you do that? Well, all I could say call is, is that thank God on they air. didn't call about me. Thank God none of them called in asking about me. So, um, Well, they, they actually have, dude. Really? Have. What, really? What kind of questions did they get? Uh, can't really uh, say that on air. Remember? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, some bad stuff. Was was I was I really that evil to them? <laughs> Let's just say that uh, you know a couple of them had some funny stuff to ask. Okay. Like <laughs> yes, I was sober during this transmission, like all of them. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. I'm not even gonna. Uh, what other questions? Any any other unique questions? Or we'll talk about that off air. Oh, I think yeah, it'd be you, best. Yeah, you'll have to tell me. Now, my last grievance, the last Skywatchers uh, radio grievance before uh, we go off air for a little bit and do a little commercial break and then get our guest, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yay. My my last grievance, and this is something that happens to me on a daily basis almost. You, and it just, it ticks me off. It really grinds my gears. You Alan. get out of bed. That's what you do. Well, that too. That, you know, that should be my number one grievance. 
I really should. I used up no. all my sick days. I called in dead. No, but I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, I, I like to give change to the homeless. I don't mind giving a couple bucks here and there. But when the same homeless person asks me on a daily basis three or four times for change, you know, it kind of gets to to the point. And you're like, dude, I'm just like your bank. Hmm. And I hate that. Like, if you've seen me once going somewhere and I give you some change, and then you see me again an hour later, don't ask me again. You know, it's one of those things. I don't know. Is that is there like an etiquette or a rule, like a rule book to how to treat the homeless? And you know, there isn't uh, unless you live in New York. Really, I didn't know that. What's the what's the rules in New York? I don't know. There's something online about it. Well, that's very vague. Good job. Sorry, it's the best I could do. Anyway, that's my grievance. That's our list for uh, 2014. I hope you guys enjoyed our list of grievances. And again, if you guys have any grievances, please call in. We'd love to hear your grievances throughout the show. And now we're going to talk about our guest that is going to be with us here in a little bit. None other than Mr. UFO himself, Timothy Beckley, is going to be with us. Now, Timothy Beckley is somebody who is, you know, for people who listen to this kind of show, Alan... Mm-hmm. He is a name that really uh, a lot of people know. I mean, he's very, very, very famous in the world of ufology. But hold on, we're going to hold on, hold off on that for a second. Oh my God, we is actually have we have a yes. caller. We have a caller. Yay, we got a caller. We have a caller. Two four zero or one two four, whichever that might be. You're Not live on Skywatchers Radio. What part of the world is two forty as an area code? Oh, it's an area code for the northern half of Maryland. Ah, okay, cool. Nice, nice to have you on Skywatchers, my friend. My What's your name? Eric. And Eric, Eric, Eric yeah, state I, your grievance for 2014. My, my feelings for 2014? No, your grievance. If your grievance. My grievance for 2014. Oh, I, I, I'm Happy Festivus, by the way. I'm a, I'm, I'm a psychophester. My grievance is that I would like people to be nicer. <laughs> have, good luck. Good, yeah, good luck. luck on that, Eric. Oh, you're a dreamer. When I teach uh, counseling, I teach something called unconditional positive regard. It'd be neat if we did that for each other. Uh, I great, but tasers just, work just as well. I just discovered Dark Matter Radio a couple months ago. And oh, yeah? I really, I, and I really liked it. I was a big fan of Art Bell way back when he was still on the radio. And it was cool finding all of you folks. And, and I have to tell you, I'm a terrible skeptic. Uh but I like the idea that some of this could be possible, that it could be real. Well, uh, I'm just Eric, really, look, really look, hard Eric, to look at it this on. way. If 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of all the stories that are out there and reports that are taken are true, guess what? That would be great. Not alone. I just don't know which one. I think it just got out to a thousand of a percent. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> if a fraction it, of I... a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a right. percent, it's true. That's it. That's all it takes. It just takes that one story to be yeah. true, whether and it's Roswell, the... Travis, Walton, right. whatever. That one story to be true. Some of the stuff makes sense because I'm, I'm I I'm very interested in the neurological part of psychology, and it makes sense. I mean, our our brains actually do. Uh, transmit, but it's such a low amount of power that it wouldn't go very far. Uh, but well, you know, gee, so do RFID are... transmitters. So do, <coughs> so do little shortwave radios that fit in an Altoid box. They still are so... really, really low power. But guess what? They can bounce off the ionosphere and be heard a continent away. So I think that that's possible. 
and I think that eventually we'll learn how to do it. Uh, I, I could see maybe, I tell my students, I could see how maybe hundreds of years from now uh, it would be commonplace to, uh, <clears throat> to simply transmit our thoughts. I could see that being a, an evolutionary, um, you know, an evolutionary uh, trait that we inherit yeah. down the road. I really. I mean, we, we know so it, it, little about our genetics. We yeah, know so it, it, about it'll our make, DNA. It'll make perfect sense because if it's something that we, you know, as a species would come to need, you know, evolution just gives it gives it to us. You know, that's kind of how evolution works. We didn't need the tail anymore, so evolution took away the tail. Right. We still got a tailbone, but you know. But if no something tail. works, it gets reinforced in the DNA pool, and eventually mm-hmm. it gets expressed, and then we have it. So, but I still enjoy all the other stuff. I enjoy listening to stories, and people call you know your guests have a lot of passion, and I enjoy the passion, and um, I just enjoy it. I'm very skeptical, but I still really enjoy it. Well, well, Eric, you're gonna you're gonna love our guest tonight, Mister UFO himself, Timothy Green Beckley is gonna be with us in a few minutes. And uh, like I was uh, saying before you called in, uh, this gentleman is kind of a legend in the world of ufology, and uh, he's been around for a long time, and he's done a lot of research, and and it's gonna be a lot of fun talking to him. He's he's really well known. He's been all over uh, AM radio on the big shows, uh, oh, doing cool. uh, doing guest spots, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have him on. And it's the first time he's on here with us on Skywatchers Radio. Now, he is, of course, a member of ConspiracyJournal.com, which mm-hmm. is a, a very, very wonderful website. I, I suggest everybody uh, go there and bookmark that website, ConspiracyJournal.com. Now, Eric, are you a psychologist I, or a psychiatrist, by the way? Uh, and I became a patron tonight, a few dollars. I am a psychologist. <laughs> Okay, can I ask your and opinion I, on what you think I, of past mm-hmm. past life regression? It is that not. It's not recognized by either the American Psychological Association nor the American Psychiatric. So none of that is in the DSM or any of the other. No, we don't believe it's possible. Okay, but then or then, our bigger concern is that the therapist is implanting memories, or that the person is simply. Um, uh, believing parts of their imagination. I do buy a little bit into Carl Jung's archetypes, hmm. and 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 I could really see how in our DNA we could have shared memories from long ago. But it's a safety thing, you know. I mean, we have this little piece of our brain called the amygdala that remembers fearful things. So, so you have the genetic you memory. A snake, you don't have to jump back. You. Your amygdala sees the snake and goes, oh, that was dangerous last time. It's probably still dangerous. So that's mm. part of what Young was, was getting at. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's ways to connect these things. They're tenuous, but, but I no, know, I'm, not, th- a, I'm, I'm not a believer in past life. I'm, I'm not personally a believer in past life regressions, but I'm will- I have a very open mind. I'm willing to listen. All I know is I have one past life regression uh, story that someone told me that I'm just like, Okay, that one really, really impressed me. I really don't know what to say to it. I have a friend mm-hmm. of mine um, who babysits this little blind kid. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the kid was uh, talking. he just woken up. And he's been bl- the kid's been blind his whole entire life. So he's born okay? blind. Born blind. Uh, kid's four years old. Mm-hmm. And... The kid was saying, you know, said that he, he, you know, you know, he was just waking up from a dream that he had. Um, and what was the dream about? And he said, well, I remember, you know, I was, a tr- I remember being the choo-choo train engineer. Hmm. Oh, and 
and, and it's like, really? Wow, that's amazing. And, and that's the kind of thing that makes me listen to it. But hold on. Know, it's possible. Wait, it gets better. Choo-choo so, train, huh? Choo-choo train engineer. Now, the, now the babysitter said, "Well, well, wow, that's cool. What you know? What do you remember?" And the kid literally lifted his hand in the air like he was pulling the string on the chain, going, "I remember blowing the horn and going and making the gesture of pulling down the string to go choo choo." Well, yeah, but how many kids don't know how to do that gesture? How even, many you know? blind kids have actually seen that gesture yeah. at four years old? He wouldn't have had the experience because he well, hadn't seen Exactly. It. Maybe somebody I told do, him. I don't know. I, I, no. I do, no. Have, I do have one thought. I've never Little blind Billy, you put your hand up and you pull down. No? <laughs> I've never called into one of these shows before, but I do, I, I've had this thought all of the uh, frequently. You know the teams to go out and investigate haunting house, haunted houses and things like that? Oh, yeah, I've done that. W- yeah. Would it not be useful to take a a, um, a skeptic as part of your team? Absolutely, a person, yes. A person course. like me who would sort of keep everybody, the ground is not the right word, but a person that would ask, you know, kind of the difficult questions well, probably wouldn't be very liked, but would say, well, you know, I'm not, you know. Well, no, 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 I, I, I'm sorry, I, I agree with you. My philosophy is try and debunk first, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if there's yep. if there's nothing after, if you have no other explanation after trying to debunk it, hard trying to debunk it, you know, you know, yeah, you know, and debunking has a very negative connotation. I think of debunkers, I think of people that are sort of taking a delight in proving wrong, and that's not where I'm coming from at all. I'm coming from if it's if it's real, then let's prove it. Well, and that's the whole thing. That. That's the whole thing. At this point in time, science and electronic equipment is at a level that can actually record anomalies in the environment. Now, we might not right. be able to explain what these anomalies are, but we could prove they're actually real and there. Right. Right. You just not. You, but you know, if you get a sudden, you know, spike in EMF, you know, for all you know. Some technician at a sprint tower, you know, had had just done something that caused that. So those kind of questions go through my head. You know, they're using EMF. I'm a ham radio operator too, so I have a pretty good background in electronics. Oh, good times. So, so I would have a lot of those kind of questions, but I, I would I would not describe myself as a debunker. I would describe myself as a hopeful skeptic. You're you're a hopeful skeptic and a wise man because I actually I do believe that you should always be skeptical of everything and do your research into everything before you just buy into whatever yeah. it is. And I did a lo- I did a lot of lab work and my God, what you know what they That's put what us through, it, yeah. you know the scientific method. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that the scientific method necessarily is applicable to these alternate everything. So maybe it just doesn't work there. It's like faith. You can't take there's, there's always got to be a faith in a, in, in a laboratory. Yeah, no, but there's always a way around uh, everything with science, I believe. Uh, Eric, we got to move on. We have our okay. guests coming up here in a couple of minutes. Thank you so much for calling. Hey, yeah, absolutely. It. Thanks for calling. Please keep Happy. listening, and if you want to ask any questions later on, uh, when uh, Mr. Timothy Green Beckley is on, please call back in, and we'll take your call, and you can ask him any questions you want. Uh, but thank you so much for calling in. It's have a been, great uh, evening. Awesome having you on. Thank you on, buddy. Take care. Bye. Have a great night. That's cool. See? Happy Festivus. Yes. We're, 
we're going to take a break, guys. That was awesome. Uh, great caller. If you guys want to call in and ask uh, Timothy Green Beckley anything, please, please do so. He's going to be on with us in a few minutes here. And just to let you know who Timothy Green Beckley is, he is a UFO and paranormal pioneer. Since the since an early age of his life, uh, he has more or less revolved has revolved about the paranormal and ufology. His house was actually haunted when he was uh, a kid. He underwent an out of body experience at the age of six. It's crazy. Oh. We're gonna ask him about that and how that happened. And he saw his first three UFOs when he was ten. Huh? That's. That's a lot by the age of 10. Now, over the years, he has written more than 30 books. I haven't even read that many books on everything from rock music to the secret MJ-12 papers. Today, he is the uh, president of the Inner Light Global Communications and editor of Conspiracy Journal and the Bizarre Bizarre. And a uh, good guy, uh, Timothy Greenbeckley. Love having him on the show, and we're going to have him on in a couple minutes. Guys, keep listening. This is Skywatchers Radio, and you are listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network. And, of course, PSN Radio. We'll be right back. Gather round the Festivus Pole, extruded in the days of old. Shiny gray and very long, aluminum so light and strong. Let them have their festival of lights, Christmas trees and silent nights. That's too much work for the rest of us. Let us have a fest of us. Tradition says this time each year our grievances will fill the air. Disappointments made so clear, dashing hopes we held so dear. Let them have warm wishes and cheer. We can drink our ice cold beer. Won't you please get on the bus? Join us in our fest of us. In your father to the ground, mom and sis, you will astound. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? 
The Secrets of Del Shaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. You're listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio. Again, right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Now, without further delay or ado, we have on the line with us the one, the only, Timothy Green Beckley, Mr. UFO himself. Mr. UFO, welcome to Skywatchers Radio. So happy to have you on, sir. All right, well, thank thank you so much. I'm happy to be on uh, here and uh, to share the secrets of the universe with all your listeners out there. Now, don't tease us, because we want you to teach us the secrets of the universe. You, If there's anybody in the world of ufology that can answer the questions that lead to the secrets of the universe, it is Timothy Greenbeck. Well, you know, I have been um, involved in, well, the UFO research. Um, UFO. Uh, when I was 14 years old, I went out and I bought myself a uh, Gestentner mimeograph machine. Mm. And I put out a, a newsletter. It was called the Interplanetary News Service Report. It started out, uh, of course, in those days there was no quick copy services or anything like that. So no staples, nothing like that right now. No, no, no <laughs> kinkos. You had, a kinkos. Print, you had to print it and collate it and staple it and take it oh, to the Oh, so much office. work. Oh, yeah, boy. That's... But it, it, started out, it started out as a 10-page newsletter built itself up to over 1,500 uh, subscribers. In fact, we had as many subscribers as APRO had members. Now, APRO was no the aerial, aerial Phenomena Research uh, right, organization right, right. out of Tucson. And uh, Jim and Coral Lorenzen uh, uh, organized that uh, group and ran it. And they, unlike uh, NICAP, were uh, uh, interested in the humanoid and close encounter cases where Major Kehoe's group was only interested pretty much in the lights in the sky and objects, uh, you know, that to follow the airliners and pilot sightings and things along the, that oh, line. Oh, that never happened. Well, right, well, right. We, we, we were a little bit more uh, freewheeling uh, than uh, that, but uh, the, a lot of the people that contributed to our publication later went on to become fairly well-known in the field. In those days, there were about a dozen teenage UFO organizations. So uh, guys like Gene Steinberg and uh, uh, Alan Greenfield mm-hmm. and Rick Hilberg, who are still active in the field in, in one way or another, we all started pretty much together as teenagers. And anyway, I built my subscription up to um, about 1,500, and it became, instead of 10 pages, it was 40 pages. And um, like we said in those days, you had to do all the work yourself. And boy, that was a lot of work. Yep. And my mother had uh, <laughs> vanquished me 
to the back porch because it was a very messy job as well. <laughs> I, I mean, talk, good thing, it looked like a crime scene. You could see fingerprints all the everywhere. Cutting, all the cutting <laughs> of, like, newspaper articles, oh, I'm sure. geez, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, Jim Mosley, who was uh, editor and publisher of Saucer News now, mm-hmm. Jim passed away a couple of years ago now. He, yep. he was the big mucky muck in the field as far as uh, magazine publishing uh, goes, and he had a magazine called Saucer News. So right. we made a deal. He took over my 1,500 subscribers, added it to his subscription base, and had a, a, a subs- uh, uh, probably a, a membership roll of about uh, 12,000 people, uh, wow. which had to be the largest circulation as far as uh, you know a, a magazine being sent through the mail uh, had. Uh, and uh, he hired me as um, managing editor of Saucer News, and uh, I took the bus into New York, into Manhattan every day, and that began my uh, career in in the publishing. Uh, and over the years, I have edited about thirty different uh, magazines. I was a stringer for the Enquirer, the Globe, um, the Tatler, which is no longer in in business. So my background has been: uh, I don't claim to be a scientist. Uh, my uh, I graduated from high school, no big academic uh, degree. Uh, I look at this uh, uh, more from a um, uh, the viewpoint of a journalist. I, mm. I, at least that's what I kind of consider myself a historian and, and journalist. I met just about, over the years, just about everybody in the uh, the field. And uh, my viewpoints have, have changed uh, somewhat over the years. Uh, well, working for the Inquirer, first of all, I mean, yeah. there are spotless reputation for honesty. Well, they, what they did. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't, don't, la- don't laugh, because in those days they were. In fact, every article that I ever did was fact-checked, and I had to provide uh, them with like tapes, uh, you know, uh, inter- uh, tapes of the interviews that I did with uh, with various. Uh, I, d- I did a lot of celebrity stuff, but I also did the UFO. Um, it was me and Bob Pratt that was doing most of the UFO material. So, did now, you know Bat Boy? I was going to ask that. You stole oh, no, my well, that, that, that was that was the stole weekly world. That was the weekly world news. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, see, I watched Men in Black, and I was really impressed that they always checked the Inquirer and all those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no, <laughs> the, in, the, the, real the, UFO Inquirer, the Inquirer was, was very uh, legit as far as publishing the UFO uh, material. Now, every once in a while, they got caught with their, uh, uh, their pants uh, down, you know, I mean, right, right, I, right. I'm sure that the uh, the New York Times and other pub- uh, magazines and newspapers got sued for you know, saying something that wasn't wasn't true, but uh, every word that I uh, that I wrote in in the Inquirer, I, I mean, they did they did check it. Uh, they they went back and they called the uh, you know the individuals that we interviewed and so forth. Now, most of the articles did not appear with my byline, uh, and sometimes I would submit like a you know a seven page uh, report or uh, or article, and it would appear as uh, maybe uh, uh, ten or twelve paragraphs. In the uh, in the newspaper, I remember a couple of times they sent me a check and they paid fairly well. They would, uh, I, I'd have to call them on the phone and I'd say, "By the way, I just got a check for the article. Where is it in the newspaper?" You know, and <laughs> and, and and so forth. But uh, they did, uh, you know, they did pay. Uh, in fact, one time I did a headline story about a pilot, uh, a military uh, a pilot, a helicopter pilot out of. Um, Oh, I can't remember the town now in California. I happened to call over there just when he was landing and got the guy on the phone, did an interview with him, and they used it um, as the uh, headline, uh, you know, a story in the paper, and got a bonus of $1,500. Now, I hate to 
ha- have a gripe, just like we were uh, saying before. But in those Grants. days, in those days, we got paid for articles. <laughs> see, and that enabled us, uh, or at least it enabled me to make long distance phone calls. There were no flat rates in, in those days. Travel right. around the country, interviewing uh, people, and doing what I had to do as far as the research went. Well, today, uh, you know, you got to put your uh, PayPal button down on the bottom of the page, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, it's not quite it's not quite the same, uh, you know, uh, ball game. Beg as it was. for donations. <laughs> <laughs> Grovel. Gravel was the word. It's, it's amazing, though, how technology has changed uh, every aspect of everything, Timothy. Well, I, I, you know, I am very uh, – uh, I have my gripes against uh, the, um, uh, the Internet. I mean, it, it has – obviously, it's, uh, it has its great, uh, uh, you know, benefit. Uh, right. We can communicate with us, on, uh, with each other, and instantly. Well, it's, it's a global connector. I mean, it connects the entire planet. I mean, it, I have it, friends it from Europe, from does. Australia. But I mean, it really does fact, connect everybody. The fact that it has put – so many magazines and newspapers out of business just yes, boggles the mind. I mean, mm-hmm. is there any UFO magazine in this uh, in the United States anymore? Uh, printed magazine. In fact, the only printed magazine in the English language uh, devoted to UFOs that I can think of, and I'm not including the, uh, the 14 times because that's all over the uh, place, would right. be a magazine out of Australia called Australian Ufologist. Mm. That's the only magazine that I know printed, printed physically in the English uh, language uh, anywhere that I know of. Well, you know, UFO magazine for a long time was uh, printed, and it was a great magazine until oh, the uh, recent well, events. Course, you know, recent events have uh, taken that magazine mm-hmm. uh, off course, and now Nancy and Bill are no longer running it. But yes. uh, that was a great publication. No, but you're right. You know, but here's the thing with the internet: uh, print media is is a dinosaur, and it's on its way out. It's on its last leg. Well, that's, the internet that's really a shame. is the way to go, and it, it is fra- a shame. But well, it's frankly sadly, a shame. It is. And now, l- let me even say this. Uh, you know, you, you go, and I don't know how many sites are devoted to, to UFOs, right? I guess oh, probably 20,000 20, yeah. 20, <laughs> sites or, or whatever it is. But it's pretty much all printing the same material. And, right. you know, again, you can't again, really, again. you can't really, you really can't research anything anymore. In the old days, we subscribed to a clipping service, right? And maybe some months we'd get 100 clippings and some months we'd only get, uh, you know, 20. But it had the names of the people who took the photographs or had the close encounters so you could actually communicate with them. And you know, you'd know in five minutes flat, were they making it up or, you know, was it a legitimate claim? Today, well, you, you, can't, cannot, you can't find no. anybody. No, that's not necessarily true, though, Timothy. Look at a lot of blogs, like in Open Minds, they have the person who put the article on there. You can actually click on the person's name and, and follow their art- other articles and send them emails. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff out there also. Yeah. yeah, no, but there's a lot of stuff like on Huffington Post and different areas where you could actually contact the uh, the people who are putting the post on there and, oh, yeah, and interact yeah. Well, with them. Well, yeah, so. but how about, how, about, how about YouTube? There's how many different uh, you know uh, videos up there, and there's no way of... Uh, you know, fact-checking uh, any of it. Oh, no, yeah, you can't. Well, that's, that's the uh, that's one of the main uh, dilemmas that we face in ufology, Timothy. And you know this. I mean, YouTube has been a great friend and a great hindrance yeah. in ufology with all the mm-hmm. amount of hoaxers and fakers and, uh, you know, third phase of the moon type of people out there. Oh, or, third phase You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the hoaxers that are putting stuff on the Internet and yeah. on YouTube and, and really carving a niche for themselves by lying to people and, and stealing their money, basically, because people are paying them for videos, paying them for lectures, paying them for books, and they're just, yeah, they're hoaxing. And the Internet, you know, not in general is to blame, but YouTube definitely is to blame for a lot of that stuff that's going on. Well, how do you, you know, uh, I've heard Blake Cousins, uh, you know, being interviewed and all, and uh, 
you know, like he says, he leaves it up to the people to decide what's legitimate and. and See, my gripes with uh, with Blake uh, Cousins, and here's the thing: I openly challenged yeah. uh, Blake Cousins to be on this show and debate me, and he has not. He's not replied yet. I'm still waiting, Blake. Still waiting for you to come on the show. But here's the thing, and I'll give him his uh, his segment here to, to explain to me how he is not faking this stuff. Uh, he has been debunked many times. What they, what they do, it is, it is so easy to see what they're doing. Is you know they they have a team of animators. They're producing a lot of this stuff themselves. They're taking uh, you know stupid little stories that are completely fake and they're blowing it out of proportion. Why? Because they're trying to get a name out there. They're trying to become something. They're trying to be special. They're trying to be a big thing in ufology because it's a cash a cash grab. You know, it is an easy money-making scheme. Make a big name for yourself, sell a lot of videos, some T-shirts, movies, whatever. You're going to make and, some money, and that's what they're trying to well, do on Third Fix of the listen, Moon. I, you know, I got stuff up on YouTube. You're not going to get rich. Uh, no, not on YouTube. Well, you know what? Here's the, here's the thing, though, Timothy. Uh, you ever heard of Jeremy Johns? Not sure. No? He has a movie review uh, channel on YouTube. He's making about ten grand a month on YouTube. And how does he do that? By getting a million hits, or he gets several hundred thousand hits per video, a million hits per video. No, he he gets a lot of hits, and this is just a regular dude. He yeah. was uh, he worked at a movie theater or something before. He decided mm. to do a couple of videos reviewing movies, mm. something funny, and it's a niche. It paid off, and yeah. boom, now he's a big thing. So you can make money on YouTube. Look, not everybody does it, but if you make a big enough uh, noise, if you make a lot, a lot enough noise on YouTube, if you get a lot of people to follow your videos and subscribe to your page, guess what? You can monetize that, and you can make a lot well, of money. We, we do, there we are people making a, money on We do have there. a commercial page up there, but we haven't gotten anywhere near that. Have you gotten a million hits yet? No, no, no. We, we've got See? a couple that have got a couple of thousand hits or 2,500. Uh, yeah, we that's a, a really good. Uh, you know, I, 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 whenever I travel somewhere, I throw my uh, camera in in my suitcase and a wobbly uh, tripod and and hit the uh, the road and and do some uh, um you know uh, interviews as I go along and uh, people say oh you know the camera shakes a little well that's kind of the in thing these days actually yeah. <laughs> no no <laughs> lens, movies, flare, you know? lens flare you got Well that's JJ <laughs> Abrams with the lens <laughs> but flare But <laughs> we 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 have one interview with Tom Dongo who has uh, uh, lives down in Sedona Arizona and he has a an amazing uh, a collection of photographs that he and others have taken of mysterious uh, objects, some of which are very spectacular and some of which may be just, you know, dust on the lens or, or something mm-hmm. like that. But there is a place down there known as the Bradshaw Ranch, which is very similar to the Skinwalker Ranch. Right. And so we, we did this. We went, we hit the road with Tom and went up into the mountains and sh- showed us where there had been UFO sightings and talked about. Um, a lot of different things that had happened there, and and, and it's a great uh, uh, interview. And and we we've done that. We've we've got Ted Phillips uh, on on YouTube. It's very rare to see Ted, uh, you know, on a, on a video. There's a few, but not very many. And uh, so you know, I've I've taken this. People think, oh, I'm very sensationalistic, but I do t- I do take this uh, seriously. But maybe that sensationalism has rubbed off from my working for the Inquirer uh, over all those uh, years, you know. And I I used to be hired by magazines just to write the cover blurbs, and I still that's still the best thing that I do is titles and blurbs and captions. <laughs> <laughs> From you could make you could make a whole you could make a whole career on that, except that the magazines could, don't yeah. exist any, the magazines don't exist anymore. That's true too. Yeah. You know, how much of you know? And let's jump topics here for a second. Yeah. How much do you think uh, the problem with uh, society's um, 
acceptance of uh, the whole UFO phenomenon has to do with the fact that it spent so many years in tabloids like the Inquirer and uh, you know and I, no I don't think it like matters that. one uh, one way or the other and in fact there are some people who say oh you know people like uh, the the contactees and all they 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 made the whole subject into a joke and, and because of that uh, scientists and the academic won't take it seriously has very little to do with it. Science and academic want nothing to do with this anyway. They want nothing to do with the paranormal. It wouldn't matter whether George Adamski ever existed <laughs> or, or not. Uh, they just don't want anything that's going to rock the boat, you know. I mean, uh, SETI wants to get its, uh, 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 you know, funding so they can uh, send signals into outer space and listen to radio waves and all. And uh, UFOs aren't communicating with us in that fashion. I don't think they listen to the radio. They may listen to this show because <laughs> I'm on. But, you know, normally I don't think they're setting up their monitoring uh, the latest uh, uh, programs uh, in, their, in their spaceships because they're not spaceships. See, this is one of the things, like I said, when I, when I first started in this, the newsletter was called the Interplanetary News Service Report. Mm-hmm. I no longer think that the vast majority of unidentified flying, sometimes they're not even flying, as we know, uh, mm-hmm. objects are from outer space. I think this is more of a parano- paranormal, earthbound phenomenon. Now, now are, you, are you talking about the inner Earth theory of the yeah, hollow Earth well, phenomenon? You know, I've prob- I've prob- I knew Richard Shaver. Okay. And I've probably, I have probably, uh, now our, our company, the Inner Light Global Communications, uh, we have about 200 books in print, and we cover everything. You That's know, and books. people say, oh, do you believe in all of this? No, I'm a publisher. I don't right. necessarily have to believe in everything that, right, I, right, that right. I, I publish. I publish things, I, I publish books for various reasons, because I think it has a, 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 some of the material. Uh, you know, I was the first uh, publisher to print a book on uh, Bentwaters, on Rendlesham uh, Forest. It was mm-hmm. by Jenny Randalls. It was called From Out of the Blue. And it was also published, we sold the rights of Berkeley paperbacks. And, and that was the first book uh, ever published on the subject here in the United States. So uh, some books we publish because they are serious and well-researched. Uh, other books uh, we publish because we think that there might be a market for it. And other people may be interested in reading it and learning uh, from it. It's not Have you ever eat. published a book that you looked at and you're like, ah, oh, man, this is complete bogus? Or, oops, I changed my mind, maybe I should yeah. come uh, uh, well, Even a better question, have you had a book that you you thought of that and you're like, ah, I can't publish this, and you've turned them away? Um, yes, but not, not, because I thought it was, uh, not because I thought it was bogus, because I didn't feel that it was uh, for our audience. Mm. And, okay. and you know something, though? I, uh, the, uh, the people who wrote the book, actually Michael Mott was, Mike Mott was one of them. Uh, okay. I told him I said, it's a great book. But it's a little bit too maybe academic or something for our maybe that's not the right <laughs> word. But it, it wasn't for our audience. But he put it out and he did very well with it. And we've had a couple other authors. I sent them to other publishers, and I knew the book was uh, the first book on Rendell Sh- uh, on um, uh, Rendell Chateau. Uh, the author came to me, and I don't remember his name. Uh, we had lunch together, and he showed me the manuscript and explained to me explained it to me, and I said, mm, not for me, but call uh, Wiser Publishing, and they put it out. You know, I, I, I've cool. always known pretty much, I can, I can feel, if I open a, you know, if I look at a manuscript, I can tell in five minutes whether it's for me, and I, I've, I've had authors say, well, you didn't read the entire manuscript because I turned the page upside down in the middle of the book, and it was that way when you set the manuscript back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but with your experience, yeah, I could completely yeah. see well, how I, that, you know, that could happen. It, it's not that it would have been a bad book. Right. It just wasn't something that I could get behind, see? And, but, and so, I, you've I, never I, had, so you've never had that book that was just so bad and you know it's so full of BS that you, just, you couldn't publish it? Has that ever happened? You're, you're talking about somebody like Billy Meyer? No, that was never happened. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he said names, yes. not us. No, no, no. The, no, the no, one-armed no, bandit. Well, I don't like Billy Meyer because the, the, the fellow who promotes him here insists on sending out chain letters to everybody. Yes. And, to stop. and I, I got another one from him. Tim, no, I got and then no reply, Everybody that replies wants you to see what they have to say. <laughs> My goodness, you know, I, look, I'm part of this mailing list, and I know you know all about yeah, it. Timmy. Yeah, it's on uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I Victor. Yeah, Victor, the uh, the Sky Wizard, whatever his name is. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whoever, whoever <sighs> sends it, I don't even know who sends it out. It's just somebody feels like sending it, and they'll add another. They'll add another hundred names to it or something. I don't My know. goodness. Yeah. Well, my thing is, any time that anybody even mentions Billy Myers, yeah. uh, this uh, American representative of his... Uh, oh, Michael Horn or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that guy, that gentleman. Uh -huh. uh, he replies back with nothing but the most outrageous, grossest slander uh -huh. that you're going to hear. All you got to say is just one thing. Like, hey, I don't believe Billy Myers. That's all you got to say. That's all. And he'll go off on you like... Uh, uh, I've, it's, had, it's, I've had that, you know, I've had death, death threats made against me. I, I've, had, I've had just about I everything. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you name it, I've had it, uh, you know, uh, cursed upon me over, over 50 uh, years. It, it doesn't really, it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, I, I've put out uh, uh, low-budget horror movies. I've gotten good reviews. I've gotten bad reviews. I've published 200 books. Uh, you know, I, everybody, some people think they're great and admire the work that I do, and other people have a, a less than anything complimentary to. Uh, I'm afraid to, to ask what kind of low budget movie, low budget horror movies. Oh, you've yeah. Done. Uh, let's see. We have done, um, well, one, 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 uh, movie that we did was called Sandy Hook Lingerie Party Massacre. Now, oh, that can't be was, good. Oh, okay. Well, this was, <laughs> this was made 10 years ago. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ha hang on, hang on. <laughs> on, when was this made? The, the, he's years, getting to that. Don't nine, nine or ten years ago. Okay, you didn't have to have an actress named Tiffany Shepis in that, did you? No, I don't think so. Uh -oh. Okay, no, I just happened to know her, and you know she's a scream queen, and she did a whole yeah. slew of B movie stuff. So, um, oh, anyway, we had we had to change the title recently because of the unfortunate, uh, you know, uh, incident uh, at yeah. Sandy Hook. But that was Connecticut. Our Sandy Hook was. New Jersey. I didn't real. I actually looked this up on the internet. There are seven Sandy Hooks in North America, and for some reason, Alex Jones posted something to the effect that I had something to do, or there was a secret code in my movie, or something <laughs> like that. And, and so the distributor insisted that the title uh, be changed. Now it's called Jersey Shore Laundry Party uh, Massacre. You know oh, what's I crazy? Snooki gets killed. <laughs> please, well, please. No, Snooky, Snooky was not in it, you know. But now oh. there is another movie with a similar title, of which can't copyright a title, and you know whatever it is. Then we did um, a film we actually shot in uh, partly in Costa Rica, and you know I always try to add a little bit something about the, the that was skin eating jungle vampires. I always throw in a little bit about the paranormal or a UFO. The, that particular movie starts out with a UFO crashing into the volcano, and it, turned, it turns out that that volcano, Arenal Volcano in Costa, uh, Costa Rica, they've had a lot of UFO sightings around there for years. Mm. Oh. 
And, of course, UFO sightings around the volcanoes have become fairly common. I mean, You know, in Costa Rica, don't they also have a, a huge amount of reports on the Chupacabra? I don't think so much in, in uh, Costa Rica. And the Puerto uh, Rico, I know, has a lot of uh, yeah, reports. Yes, yes. Costa Rica is Central America. I uh, don't remember hearing too many stories about the chupacabra down there. Uh, they do. They do have all other forms of, uh, you know, uh, peculiar phenomena taking uh, place. All other forms of chupas and cabras. You know, <laughs> uh, going back to the Sandy Hook thing real quick. Yes. You know that even in the the Batman, the Dark Knight Rises, uh, there's a scene they're looking at a map in the movie, and yes, it, it yes. actually oh, no, is I know. mentioned that, that's how, in that's there. That's how somehow uh, my movie got involved in this. And, and this is no kidding. In, uh, and I'm very much into synchronicities and coincidences. In fact, I believe that's one way that the UFOs and, uh, I don't know, spirits, whatever you want to call them, are trying to communicate with us. In other words, we're looking for signals from outer space, uh, you know, and, and other ways of communicating, and they're doing it more abstract because they are different types of entities. I mean, they're not physical beings like we are, they're more of a, a, a paran of a paranormal nature. That's the best way I can describe it. I couldn't tell you what substance they are made up of, but they yeah. they're they're able to come and go through you know window areas and uh, vortexes and so forth. So I was I, thinking more of like uh, along the lines of it's more like a glitch in the matrix when stuff like this happens. You know, like could be. Well, I don't I don't claim that I have a you know that I can um, uh, explain all of this. All, all I know is that the actual physical hardware that we're looking for uh i don't think it's it's very rare i mean roswell people say well what do you think about roswell i don't believe it was an extraterrestrial craft uh it just so happens that a lot of the sightings that took place in the uh late 1940s were in new mexico where of course all these uh german and nazi scientists were brought over uh, you know mm -hmm. as part of project paperclip mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, I, I think that uh, they are responsible, this technology. The government would rather have you believe that UFOs, if you have to believe anything, they would rather have you believe that UFOs are from outer space than think that it's some earthly phenomena. They, so, you would, so you would say then you, would, you do believe that Roswell was a Nazi crash? Uh, yeah, uh, Nazi that, space that, that seems to be a good explanation as far as I'm uh, I'm concerned. Also, too, now uh, take uh, take into consideration the uh, the early contactees like uh, Damsky and all. Wh who did they describe as seeing? As uh, you know, tall, uh, blondes and blue eyes right, and the whole yeah. in the whole in the whole bit. And in some of the cases, actually, the the pilots of the craft spoke with a German accent. There there was a case, and uh, it was uh, I think it's 1951 or 52. Um, a fellow by the name of Reinhold Schmidt. He was a, a, a grain buyer in Nebraska, and he mm -hmm. was on his way home one night, and this craft landed on the side of the road, and he went inside and uh, conversed. Uh, you, you could find, I think, the actual uh, a radio interview uh, with him. It was pretty spectacular at the time because this was one of the first cases of an actual you know, face-to-face -face contact with one of these beings, but they, they spoke in a is German... This pre a German is this before Betty and Bonnie Hill, or... Oh, after? yes, yes. This was like uh, 1952 or so. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Now, now Barney, of course, Betty and Barney Hill was uh, probably the first abduction mm -hmm. uh, experience, mm -hmm. as far as we think of abductions today. Most of the cases uh, before that were of... Um, uh, human-looking uh, beings, you know, those that could easily pass uh, 
you know. Well, yeah, the, 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 what was the guy from Venus uh, that was really uh, famous? Uh, uh, supposedly, um, man, I forgot his oh, name. Oh, Orson. Orson, man. Or was it a Val or, or something like that? Oh, Val Thor. Val, oh, Val well, Thor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Thor, no, uh, Fra- actually, uh, Frank Strangers, uh, who uh, passed away about three or four years ago, was a good friend of mine. Uh, he claims that he actually met this uh, uh, man from another planet who looked exactly... He looked like a soap opera star. I've seen fo- <laughs> what, pur- what purports to be photographs of him. Uh, they've been published in, in books, including uh, the Dr. Strangest's books. And uh, he claims he actually met him odds? inside the Pentagon. No kidding. And, and, right. and, you, know, and you know something? Uh, one could actually be very skeptical about uh, this uh, story, and, yes. and and I certainly was even. I, I, I like Frank. He was a very nice man. He he always emceed the uh, UFO conferences that I that I put on, and he was a great platform speaker. He was a minister. Uh, he had a, a church in um, Van Nuys, California, but he always bought. He was one of the few ministers who would bring in UFOs and and talk about Val Thor. Uh, you know this peaceful. Uh, being from another planet and so forth and so on. Now, uh, over the years, I, I met uh, Frank's brother. His, his brother, I think his name was David Strangers, uh, was a um, uh, a minister as well, but more of a, a fundamentalist like Hellfire and, and Brimstone type of guy. You know, uh, I was a I had a, a public relations uh, company. I had people like Peter Max and Les Paul as, as clients, and I had a, a couple of uh, fundamentalist uh, ministers. Uh, who kind of toured and did their own tent shows and all, and one of them was Frank Strangers' brother. And uh, one time after one of the uh, the services, I was uh, backstage uh, with him, and uh, we got to talking about Frank and about his UFO experience, and his brother David says to me, you know, my brother Frank would be much more successful at this if he just wouldn't mention that Val Thor and that UFO stuff. And, you know, I said to myself, he's absolutely right. Uh, Frank insisted on talking about, the, you know, UFOs and, and Val Thor from the planet uh, Venus when he could have just done the regular, uh, you know, fundamentalist shtick and probably gotten a lot more followers than he had. So it, it's up in the air. I, I can't say that I uh, totally believe the story, but I think there's a good possibility that he did meet somebody who um, uh, claimed they're purported to be from somewhere else. Right, he he could have met somebody who told him they were from Venuses, and well, he did. They he actually were, you know. Okay, well, he supposedly had no fingerprints. Okay, he had a uh, a space suit with him that could not be cut or ter- uh, torn or burned. This right. is this is kind of which correlates to the Roswell uh, ship uh, material. Uh, it does, but uh, of course, that was the same thing. I think in the the uh, day the Earth stood still. So right, uh, oh, so, yeah. it, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> in, in fact, if you ask me. And, sure. and I know these guys have done, uh, you know, a tremendous research on Roswell. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 I, I can't say that I, you know, like I, I have my own explanation for it, but they've certainly done the, uh, a very good research uh, with it. But, I, you know, to me, I'd need a lot more uh, proof to say, well, this is an extraterrestrial. And when you consider uh, the object itself, it doesn't seem like it was, uh, you know, it, it was very lightweight and almost like this tin foil that, you know, it uh, folded out and then you could mm-hmm. mesh it back down again. How could you fly mm. from another planet in that? I, it just, uh, it, it doesn't have any rhyme or reason uh, to me. I don't know. Well, just, do, you, do you believe that, uh, the, you know, when Jesse Marcel came forward in the 70s and... Oh, um, I, met, and, I, know, I know Jesse uh, Marcel Jr., yeah. I, I met him, of course. And, uh, oh, yeah, of he, course, he, he's he, passed away, but... Uh, yes. I mean, do you believe uh, you know what he said that uh, the, the the material was switched and what the picture, the famous picture of him holding the oh, material yeah. was well, now, was not know, the real is, material? This is, this is another thing. I uh, I have thought 
that perhaps, you know, some of the people in the military would say that something like this was extraterrestrial because, again, they didn't want to give out the information that these craft might have been developed by some Nazi scientists. You know, right. it kind of looks bad, you know what I'm saying? The right, fact that right, we, it does, yeah. Uh, here, here we... Uh, uh, you know, we liberated, uh, you know, England and, and Germany and, and, and everything, and we brought all, all these uh, scientists over who were working for the Nazis and were Nazis themselves. I, I mean, it just, it, it looks bad on your uh, scorecard, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and so I think a lot of the people in the, uh, the uh, UFO field at that time, including Major Kehoe and his uh, uh, NICAP organization, they would rather, again, have you believe that they were extraterrestrial if you were going to believe in UFOs at all. Now, what about the reports that there was more than one crash at Roswell? There wasn't just one ship. I well, mean, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there. But now, you know who, tells a, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know who tells a, a much, uh, who tells a much more interesting story, actually? I, uh, I had him on the uh, outer edge, uh, uh, what, about six months ago? A fellow uh-huh. who lives in Kingman, Arizona, who's a local historian by the name of Harry Drew. Okay. Now, in, in 1953, uh, there were several UFO incidences there. We call them UFO crashes, but Harry says that they didn't really crash. They actually land. And there were um, uh, extraterrestrials involved, again, human-looking you know, uh, beings, not little men or anything like that. They weren't like the Roswell uh, you know, little greys or something like, like that. They were, right. they were human beings. And he actually says that he has found 12 or 15 witnesses who verify uh, the story, and uh, oh. I, 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 you know, it, he tells a very believable history. Uh, uh, he's a historian. He tells a very incredible story, but he tells it very well, and it seems to be very well documented. So obviously, Roswell was not the um, only UFO crash. In fact, I did a, a book um, uh, that's still in print on UFO crash uh, secrets. There's been there, there's been like hundreds of UFOs. Oh, uh, hundreds, UFO crashes. How, yeah. how can how, how can that many? You know, it it, just, it boggles the mind when you mm-hmm. think about how many supposed UFO crashes there have been, and not right. only here in the United States, but just about every country Worldwide. that you can think of, yeah. right? I, geez, I, yeah. I don't know. You know, England and Belgium and Russia. Russia. We used to publish a lot of our articles in our magazine. We had a UFO universe, which I edited for. Uh, uh, for 11 years before the publishing company went out of business. They had 40 different magazines, uh, some of which were doing very, very well. And the UFO Universe, we had specials and everything like that. It was on the newsstands, sold all over the world. And all of a sudden, the bottom fell out of the publishing uh, business, you know, and all the magazines went out of business. I mean, they just... Oh, thanks they to just, the internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but you couldn't sell, you can't sell them on the internet, you know. I mean, I, I can't read anything on a tablet. I mean, I find it very difficult to to read a magazine. Oh, I'll get yourself a Kindle Fire. You'll be okay. I got I got a Kindle. Oh, you do? I got I got it right there. here at my feet. It's right here. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you can't read it. It's a, that's true. That's an well, excellent I'm, point by Alan. I only have I only had three or four hands, so you know I'm talking on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's Vish- Is it Vishnu or Shiva? That has all the hands. I, this yeah. is how he got the name, Mister UFO. <laughs> dun dun dun. Now here's a question for you, uh, Tim, and, and this yeah. is something that I, I've actually uh, researched a little bit into the whole Nazi UFO stuff. So it always, you know, fascinates me when somebody says that they believe that was what crashed at Roswell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's a question that I ask a lot of folks who believe that this could have been what happened at Roswell. Uh, there's a, a believe or a belief uh, system with the whole Nazis uh, that, that Hitler got away. Uh, what are the chances that they did perfect? 
some kind of alien uh, spaceship technology, and he did get away. And they, the Nazis, got away in these ships and have been doing some dastardly uh, deeds behind the scenes uh, for the last fifty years. Uh, what are the chances of that? Because a, a lot of folks believe that they did go to the North Pole and went somewhere yeah, into well, the absolutely, Earth. Absolutely, we, we've published uh, Tim Schwartz uh, mm-hmm. and I published his books on uh, Admiral Byrd's uh, journey beyond the poles and, and Correct. so forth. I don't know. You know, I I, I believe in the, uh, these incidences where strange things have taken place in the caves. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can buy the Hollow Earth uh, theory, but it's a possibility. Uh, you know, I mean. There, there are stories that have been told uh, by explorers that have gone up in, to that part of uh, Antarctica with a claim that there is a, a, a some vast, opening of some sort. Uh, yeah. Well, not even an opening, but a vast area where there's no ice flow, uh, where right. there seem to be uh, you know of, of flocks of birds and, and and things that you would not expect to, to see in a place where the temperature must be about you know 40 degrees below zero or something right, like that. Right. You know? Right. Right. Uh, look, even if there isn't a hollow earth, though, I do believe that a lot of alien uh, UFOs are coming in from uh, under the sea. I think there definitely is bases oh, yes. under the sea, deep, uh, deep, deep under the ocean. But, you uh, know, there, there is there is a possible ET uh, connection even when you consider the, uh, the, uh, the Nazi theory. Because mm-hmm. back in the 1920s, uh, there was a, a group, uh, the, the Vril Society, and, right. and they, they met. They uh, consisted of, I think, nine women who were mediums. And they would have a, a mediumistic uh, session, seances, so that's the word right. I'm looking for. Right, and, right. and they uh, ch- channeled the beings from some other place, and they did automatic writing. Now, I've seen what purports to be uh, diagrams that they've done of these craft from uh, whatever uh, galaxy or, or solar system that they were in contact with. They look remarkably like the craft that George Adamski claims that uh, he, uh, you know, uh, wrote in. And, of course, George Adamski had uh, this meeting with his uh, Venusian, so-called Venusian uh, Orthon, who, again, was uh, blonde-haired and blue-eyed. And I don't know, it, it just seems that it all kind of can point in that in that direction. But, again, with UFOs, you know, it's mostly all speculation. I've it been is. doing this for yep. 50 years, and people say, what do you know about UFOs? And I, all I can tell you <laughs> is that UFO, UFOs are a legitimate phenomena and they deserve to be investigated but where do we go from there you know i i uh, ted phillips is a good uh, friend of mine and uh, phil and broadnail who's been a little bit uh, discredited because he gave out some credentials which were not uh, legitimate but uh, both were uh, assistants of uh, dr j allen hynek mm-hmm. and even dr j allen hynek and Ted Phillips and uh, Phil and Brodneal, they started out as what we call nuts and bolts um, uh, men. Like, you know, Stanton Friedman, these right. have to be physical objects that travel here from some other solar system and they land and leave in dungeons. Well, neither of these three uh, uh, gentlemen, Dr. Heine, of course, has passed on, but uh, uh, Ted Phillips and Phil and Brodneal, uh, they have uh, long since given up on the interplanetary theory as well. They now believe it is a paranormal uh, phenomena, and I always say what happens in a haunted house and in a seance is pretty much the same thing that happens at a UFO landing spot. Hmm. It, it's very hard to to tell the uh, the difference, yeah. actually. You know, now there are some cases, of course, where pilots follow these things and they're right, picked up right. on radar, but there's also a lot of cases where uh, people see UFOs and they. Uh, transform into different shapes right in front of them, including silent, uh, uh, sightings by pilots. And sometimes they're not picked up on radar. 
So, what do you make of crop circles? I mean, dealing with the whole UFO phenomenon. What, you know, crop circles. Yes, yeah, some of them have been proven to be fake, but some of them have radiation, yes. all kinds of things that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, from I, well, you know, you know, see, I'm not sure that even a a, a, a fake incident uh, doesn't have some merit to it, because I okay. believe that Explain the intelligence, that. Be, uh, the intelligence behind behind this. Uh, they want people to realize their existence. See, I, I mean, they, if they wanted to uh, overtly land and contact us and, and land on the White House lawn or something, they could have done that a long time ago. Obviously, they're not either not able to do that or don't want to, you know, interfere with our uh, uh, culture and culture and, and, and so forth. Uh, but I, I think that they have other ways of communicating. They can't communicate with us, so they take many different forms and they appear in many different ways and they communicate by uh, crop circles and coincidences and synchronicities and they might not even care or it may not even matter whether the incident is, is, is actually true in, in the sense of the word that we think it's uh, you know legitimate or a physical phenomena. See, I equate the whole alien speaking to human phenomenon, kind of like us speaking to our animals, to our dogs, or you know, other species that have you know some kind of intelligence uh, that don't speak our language or can't communicate with us uh, in English uh, or in Spanish or whatever your language is. Uh, you know, that's kind of like the the way I equate aliens trying to speak to us. But the way I talk to my dog when he's outside and I'm just looking at him, I, I like I wave my hands at him, I I yell like he's a, like he's a pup. But the point the point is I speak to him directly. You know what I mean? And that's my issue with aliens with this whole vague stuff. Uh, you, you know, it's it's time for them to just come down, open up the UFO, and you know, I don't know, uh, draw me a sign. You know, yeah. play some music. Do you know, do something mathematically that we can communicate with. Uh, this whole vague stuff. You know, crop circles here. Uh, you know, a UFO well, you showing up on radar here. I mean, it's it's so vague. It's silly. Well, yes, it, it absolutely is. And it's open to personal interpretation. And my my it, thing is, though, Tim, if they're coming in from, like, light years away, why would they well, spend no, that but much time? Maybe, but, yeah, they're not coming in from light years away. That, that's the whole, the whole point. They may not even realize that they're able to come back and forth like that. You know, it could be we have people disappear from uh, here. I mean, they walk, uh, you know, down the street and never seen uh, again, you know, where right. where are they going? And it, this seems to be a random thing. Well, you you take a John Keel, who was a good friend of mine. He'd go and set up on a on a hilltop somewhere and watch these objects uh, coming. Well, Pine Bush, New York, is a a, a good uh, example. Uh, for about uh, oh five or six years there, they were coming mm -hmm. on a regular uh, basis. People went down and uh, you know took photographs and and watched these things uh, come over pretty much every every night. Uh, and then they uh, kind of lo lost interest or the objects uh, went away. But they'll probably be back again because the sightings there and in other places go back hundreds of years, you know. I mean, right. so it, it seems that there are certain places where uh, you stand a better chance of being part of this uh, phenomena, you know. I mean, Arizona is like one of those places, by the way. And look, uh, speaking of white Nordics, uh, Nordic aliens, uh, Travis Walton, in his original in the book, he you know explains what happened to him, and it's completely different from the movie. He saw these white aliens, yes. these tall, giant, tall aliens. They, I wouldn't describe them as giants because they weren't much, yeah. much taller. They were a little bit taller, but not much. But definitely Nordic-looking, yeah. white, blonde, blue eyes. Uh, that does seem to be kind of the norm. Uh, well, you know, with I a have, lot of these cases, I, you mentioned the tall whites. Now, I, I've heard uh, some people describe that on the air, and I was thought, well, that. 
sounds a little fanciful, you know. Anybody can right. <laughs> come up with a yarn and write a book. And some people are easier than others. I mean, I used to put together, I was probably the first to put together UFO expos and conferences in uh, Phoenix and in uh, San Diego and uh, Colorado Springs and so forth. And, you know, we had a variety of speakers. We had like a... Uh, Every program, you'd have 35, 40 speakers. And mm. some people could just uh, get, you know, some people had to read from notes, and other people could just get up there and wing it. And it seemed and like speak. every time I heard yep. them, the story got a little bit more further out and more fancy. Everybody <laughs> embellishes as it goes on. That's how it normally works, though. That's how it happens. That's what I'm telling you. Exodus, you know, they were just uh, crossing a puddle, and next, you know, it's the, the Red <laughs> next Sea. Next thing it's the Red Sea or something. Yeah, they're parting the Red Sea. Oh, but, but anyway, get, getting back just for a minute to the, the tall whites. I have a friend of mine. She's my hairdresser, Carla. She has a shop in uh, uh, Jersey City called Balance, and it's all kind of like a UFO-oriented uh, uh, when you go in there. you got, you know, an alien in the window and spaceships and, and stuff. <laughs> nice. uh, in fact, um, uh, uh, Higgins, oh, God, I can't remember his first name, the fellow who claims that he's had, uh, uh, you know, relationships with space women, all his original paintings are hanging on her wall. So, She's kind of into this, but, you know, not not uh, not as much as I am or anything like that. Anyway, she had this shop, and she was there alone one day, and she said this guy came in, and there was just something very unusual about him. She said he was like, you know, seemed to be like, you know, six foot eight or something like that, and he had very white hair and had, uh, you know, kind of almost albino skin or something, and she tried to talk to him, but he didn't seem to know where he was or what he was doing there. And and so I, I described to her and told her about the you know the these uh, tall whites and she said wow that sounds exactly you know of, uh, like this guy that came into her salon. Did she say and, that what he was dressed like in weird clothing or was he dressed like normal? No, I, I you know I don't remember, but I I don't think so. I'm sorry, uh, I got to interject here. Has yes. anybody read anything recently about uh, the Smithsonian actually admitting in court that they destroyed a whole bunch of? Uh, skeletons that were in excess of eight feet tall. Uh, I, I, I read that. So I read that recently. Yeah, oh, it, I know it, where I read it. I read it in a book. <laughs> no, 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 this was all over the news. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. You know, so you know. Yeah, tall, but here's the thing. Nordics. Uh, yeah, but, but here's the thing. You know, tall human beings. Uh, you know, it's skeletal okay, from, remains from of human beings to that are eight feet. Tall. Yes, here's the thing. We have seven footers in the NBA right now, Alan. It's not that far of a stretch to say somebody could be eight to twelve feet tall. And we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of, of skeletal remains. We're talking maybe a few over a course of how many hundreds of thousands of years. Well, they're saying that uh, Smithsonian is admitting to destroying. Uh, multiple, well, I don't think you know, I don't think they have hundreds. I don't think they have admitted to it. That it, it, from what I actually, read. yeah, uh, I'll send you the link if you want. Oh, yeah, okay. Came out and it, there's there there's a there was a court case where an organization sued for the records, and uh, yeah, it turns out that they it happened. Tim, wouldn't it be a crazy thing when we find out that white people came from another world and Hispanics or Spanish people or came from another world and blacks well, came from you another know, world you know, and Asians from another world? I, when I was and we all kid, just ended up here. Together. When I when I was a kid, the first magazine I ever bought uh, that had UFOs in it was a, a a magazine across the quarter. I believe it was called True Space Secrets, and I have it in the. I, I found the copy on eBay recently, and I have it in my uh, drawer here, collecting uh, dust. But there was an article in there about how the Japanese uh, settled here from some other planet, and, and of course, I mean the the articles in there seemed a little bit preposterous in, in those days, but. Uh, today, you know, we've we've kind of heard it all, uh, you know, in the 
in a UFO well, field. So. Makes sense to me. I mean, Jesus is buried in Japan, and he was an alien. Could be. Oh, I thought India. <laughs> no, no. It, actually, Google this. I'm not even kidding. There's a burial in Japan yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that they I claim yeah, is yeah. the burial of Jesus. That's correct. But also yeah. in India. <laughs> Well, it, well, I don't know. Is, is there a burial in India for Jesus? There also? is. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know about that one. I don't know the one. Well, in, well in I know Japan, uh, my friend the Paul uh, uh, Davids, who did the, the Roswell. Speaking of Roswell, uh-huh. the Roswell movie for Showtime, he has a um, uh, a DVD that he produced about Jesus in India. Oh wow! Really? Uh-huh. Uh, what are your thoughts of uh, Jesus? Because a lot of folks uh, believe that Jesus was an alien. Do you think that there's any chance of that, or do you think he was just uh, the the world's first big religious con artist? Uh, well, you know, back when Jesus lived, there were there were ma- there were many uh, who kind claimed that they lot. were the Messiah. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, Jesus was not the only uh, individual who claimed uh, the Messiah that was walking. No, 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 no. Time. Yeah. So, uh, are you asking me did he perform uh, the miracles that he supposedly did, and did he? Well, do you think he was an alien? Because a lot of people would believe that in ufology. Oh, that Jesus was in some well, kind of an alien. I, I don't know. Uh, you That's know, how he walked on water. I, I can't. It, it's not. It's not something. It's not something that I think about every uh, day. Uh, now, my friend, Professor G. C. Uh, Shellhorn, has written a book on the, uh, the Bible and UFOs, and we've even published a couple of things along that uh, line. But it, it's not. It's not a topic that I get uh, get too deeply into myself. If some of those things that happened in the Bible did happen, well, then they could be. Uh, extraterrestrial, or I see. I don't even call them extraterrestrials. I call them ultra-terrestrials because we, like again, I, I say we don't know where they come from or the reason that they're here. You know, uh, we have these people that are calling for a disclosure, yes. and I kind of, I kind of laugh at that because you can't get the government to disclose anything <laughs> to us, and, and never mind about UFOs. Uh, it, it, you know, and what is the the, the president going to do? Go on TV at six o'clock and say? What's the best he could do? He could say, yeah, there's a phenomenon here. We can't explain it. Go out and buy a, uh, a few books and come up with your own uh, decision on it. That would be the most honest answer, I think. You, you know, know it, 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 uh, props to Steve Bassett, who uh, is yes. you know one of the front runners in this whole disclosure yes. movement. Oh, yes. Uh, great guy. I love Steve yes. Bassett. You know, he's on the show a lot with us. Yes. Um, and what he does is just phenomenal work in this field. But here's the thing. I am 100% with you. I don't think we're, that he is ever or I am going to ever see disclosure the way he wants it, which is the government just coming out and say, hey, you know, aliens are real, and uh, this is what we know, this is what it is, and uh, we've been lying to you for oh, 100 never, years, never, never. all these years. And, and also it's too, never going to happen. No. And also, too, you know, and, and I said this years and decades ago uh, before there was anybody pushing disclosure. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I back all these people no matter what they do, the more information that gets to the public's attention about this mm-hmm. is, is fine. But the government is never going to admit that this is uh, true. Uh, why I mean, would we, they? At this point, uh, why would they? Why would they? Yeah. The only, I mean, the only one, the only one in the uh, the, the so-called uh, disclosure arena that I, I really am impressed by is Grant Cameron. Hmm. Uh, yes. I think he's got some valid theories now. He's talking about uh, again. He's another one that's kind of went from nuts and bolts to. Uh, the paranormal, he says. Now it's a, it's all a matter of uh, you know ESP. If you want to know how these ships operate, it's ESP. And uh, also, too, he believes that uh, 
they are channeling through a lot of rock musicians and entertainers. So oh, that's, that's, a, that's a little far fetched for me. I called Matt Squatch. <laughs> oh, you I'm gotta with have, Alan on You got to have him on. In fact, I plan to have. You got to you got to suspend your disbelief uh, like <sighs> a comic book movie on this one. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think I think he makes it. See, that's more along the lines that I that I believe is that this is a, if they're doing anything like this it's a very subtle type of uh, thing you know it's See, not, I'm still I, yeah, I'm still I in the nuts and subtle sorry I'm I'm still in the nuts and bolts uh, phase I still believe that there are nuts and bolts aliens are just coming down to earth uh, but I don't think they're coming down as rapidly or as frequently as people believe I don't think that as many people are getting abducted or having these close well, encounter why, experiences okay. why why do almost all the ships look different why do uh, very seldom why does, any two, why, hold on, any two why, aliens why, ever look the same? Hold on. Why, does, why do we have about 50 different car brands just here in, in uh, this country alone? I mean, from Toyota yeah, to Yeah, but why, why, why would they, Mazda. first of all, would all 50 car brands or UFOs be able to travel here? It, it just doesn't make sense. You Where can, do they you can, get, in any, you can get in any sedan and travel over the United they, States. They, they, and they, come, they come here to contact you, uh, you know, like on your on your way home. And then no, 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 but no, but aliens. If they, look, if and we're going to do this eventually, Tim. And you got to you got to understand this is something that we're going to one day prove to be a, a norm. Uh, if you're a, a civilization on a planet that is experiencing the the step into the first category, as Michio Kaku would say, uh, stage one civilization, and you're learning about interstellar travel and you're finding other worlds that are habitable. What is the first thing you're going to do? You're going to study that planet before you go down there and, and yeah. commingle with a society. Yeah, you're going to study they, them they've from been afar. Studying, they've been studying the planet for thousands of years. Yeah, but that's human years. But to them, uh, you know, a human year might be nothing. You know what I mean? We're, well, yeah, you're, looking, you, you're, you're, looking, you're looking at it relatively. You're, you're, you're looking at it as a human you're, being. You're conjecturing. There's no, there's no actual, uh, you know, evidence of that. We do know that someone or something has been coming here the the, uh, the ancients you know uh, etched them on the walls of their uh, their homes in the caves and uh, and uh, the egyptians you know put them in their uh, their uh, uh, writings and, and and so forth and and the uh, greeks had them as the gods from uh, mount olympus you know they've been here since the beginning of time doesn't it seem more reasonable reasonable that they have been here because they are here Oh no, I'm with you. I, I think they've been around for a long time. In fact, one of the things that got me into uh, into dealing uh, with uh, this a little bit more on, on a different level than nuts and bolts uh, was the stuff that I saw from Commander X, which I know you're familiar with. Yes, Commander X conspiracy yes. journal. Uh, look, the stuff that he was saying, or that the Commander X was saying, because I know there's more than one person who was Commander X, but uh, the, the stuff that was coming forward with the whole dinosaurs possibly being uh, the 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 source of a lot of these UFOs, uh, and I'm talking about like intelligent dinosaurs that left mm -hmm. the planet, and now we call them reptilians, right, folks? That's what a lot of people believe uh, are coming out, are, are here, or believe the aliens are reptilians, right? Uh, Commander X's theory was that the, the dinosaurs left when the, the big... Uh, shebang happened. The, the, yeah. the, the comet hit the Earth and uh, it wiped out civilization. The, the intelligent one, intelligent ones, built some kind of a ship, left Earth, came back millions of years later or whatever, how many years later, found the planet full of monkeys running around, and they're like, "Well, what the hell's going on here now?" And uh, they've kind of been, uh, you know, interacting with us, sort of, in guiding our evolution for the last. Uh, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of years? Uh, that's a possibility. I mean, that's an interesting theory. Mm. If anything, well, there's there's uh, no doubt okay. that. Something besides our own uh, species has existed or coincided along with us on this planet. Whether oh, I agree. 4.5 billion years of evolution. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, says, yeah. Whether they have been here all this time and they are invisible uh, to us, 
or whether they have come and gone. Uh, again, is there something we could uh, we could uh, speculate upon? Definitely, uh, Tim. We're almost out of time here. We're actually going to hit our last break here, and uh, we're going to let you go for the evening. Uh, I want to, you know, want to give you a chance to give everybody your website addresses oh, and, and a, okay. a way to find you, uh, right. find your work, keep on, uh, you know, researching what you're doing, and, and well, uh, thank you, well, thank follow you. Along. And uh, yeah, don't forget, uh, once a month, uh, the second Sunday of every month, I yes. um, uh, am the uh, co-host of uh, the yes. Other Edge Radio, which is on mm-hmm. your uh, your network. Yes, and uh, right. coming up next month, uh, we have Bigfoot, the Bigfoot Chick. She runs a uh, uh, organization uh, investigating investigate Bigfoot. Works for me. Bigfoot. Huh? That works for me, the Bigfoot Chick. Big, basically, you know. she's yeah. a really hot girl that forgets to shave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't think she's forgotten to shave. Uh, but anyway, that's our next guest. Uh, what I suggest to people, if you want to find out about our books, and we have about 200 titles, you can go to Amazon.com and type in Timothy Beckley. That's B-E-C-K-L-E-Y. And all our beautiful uh, book covers that are done by Bill Kern and uh, Tim Schwartz, a lot of them will, will pop up. Or you can type in Inner Light Global Communications and get the same uh, results. We have a lot of uh, books on UFOs, but uh, we have also a lot of books on, uh, on spell casting and on uh, giants. We have a, a very good book on. We have everything. If if you have any interest at all in the paranormal, just go to Amazon and type in Timothy uh, Beckley. And if you want to get on uh, our newsletter uh, list uh, on your uh, website, just hit the conspiracy uh, journal uh, uh, link there, and uh, yep. we'll, uh, Tim Schwartz and I will sign you up. I do the the physical uh, publication that we mail out to uh, our subscribers, and they're not paid. It's free. Uh, we put it out maybe three times a year. It's a catalog and some interviews and things. And then, of course, Tim Schwartz does the weekly version online, which has some uh, great stories. Uh, yes, it does. That you won't find anywhere else. So, uh, you know, I'm easy to find. If you type, uh, and uh, our um, YouTube channel is Mr. UFO's Secret Files. And we got about a dozen or 15 interviews up there uh, Ted Phillips, Tom Dongo. Uh, George Hansen, uh, we're active. I, I mean, I've been doing this for 50 years. I'm not about to give it up uh, now, no, ever, no matter where the truth may lead me. There you go. Timothy Beckley, you're awesome. Hopefully we can have All you back right. on many well, more times in 2015. Love well, having we you on be, the show, my Maybe friend. we'll be putting together a show of our own. <laughs> Who knows? Dun, Who knows? Dun, dun. <laughs> Inquiring minds out there listening, just keep on focusing on what we're doing, and you'll find out more info on that pretty soon. You bet. Take care, Tim, and have a good evening. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for talking with us. And happy Festivus. Guys, we're going to be right back right here on Skywatchers Radio. Stick around. This is the Dark Matter Radio Network. And PSN. New goes down and it feeds on water. I walk a stone and I feel the power. The hills have eyes and are coming true. If you would like to know doubt the perspective on the news, history, the occult, philosophy, religion, science, symbols, and the paranormal, then tune in to The Secret Teachings every Saturday at 12 midnight on the Dark Matter Radio Network and thesecretteachings.info. We will examine the world without a rigid belief system that prevents us from grasping a true understanding of the complex synchronicities that envelop the world we perceive to live. Namaste. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. 
Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth orientated discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and capricornmembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic, truth is truth. Future Theater could be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Hi, Karumba. Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Hello, I'm Bruce Pearson, documentary producer, investigator, and a co-host of Unknown Origins Radio, which airs each Thursday evening from 8 till 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Please join me and my colleagues, Mark Johnson and Lauren DePinto, for two hours of thought-provoking interviews discussing some of today's most intriguing subjects and personalities. If you've been searching for a cutting-edge investigative radio show which strives to raise the bar in investigative talk radio, why not check out Unknown Origins Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network this Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to add you as a new member of the Unknown Origins Radio family. You're listening to PSN Radio, the best in talk radio anywhere on the Internet. And we are back live on Skywatchers Radio for the final segment of the evening right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, PSN Radio. Now, that was an excellent interview, Alan. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I had a great time with uh, Timothy Beckley, and we really do look forward to having him on in the future again. Uh, he's just a, you know, he, he's a well of information, a well of knowledge uh, in the world of ufology. And I like the fact that he is skeptical about a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you, you kind of have to be if you're involved in this field. You, you almost have to be. Uh, and look, uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago, we, we of, of course, talked about, uh, you know, uh, we had, I don't want to say we talked about, we had our very first uh, episode here where we actually used the wormhole and, we got into trouble for using the wormhole, and you know Art didn't like it, and you know Keith had to go ahead and do what he does best, which is smooth create, it out. Yeah, well, he smoothed it out correctly. He created uh, a new device for us. It's called the A hole, and uh, we're the double A hole team, and of course we're going to use the A hole from time to time. So now, without further ado, we're going to have our very first segment on the show. And now, dun, dun, dun. messages through the A hole. All right, first message through the a-hole. Oh, that was good. First message through the a-hole comes from a gentleman by the name of James. 
And uh, this is a real name, by the way, James. Says he just put James. He didn't put anything else. Okay. But he, but he wants to know, uh, he, he asked, uh, why does third phase of the moon hoax videos? And why do you guys think they hoax videos? Personally, my opinion, um, I think that um, because they always seem to make sure that there are commercials just in the front and in the middle of the shows, they're just trying to make some good money. And it's not even commercials like YouTube commercials. Like they, no, no, they're they're inserting they're what they want. Yeah. Luckily, you know, it's it's now possible to do that on YouTube to generate money, and they're obviously doing a good job generating some money. So there you go. That's your answer. That's for, my uh, for James. That's well. That's his opinion. That's my. I concur with that opinion. It's all a money making scheme. So there you go. That's the first a <laughs> hole blast. All right. Now moving on, our second. Uh, a whole blast here comes from uh, Spence, and this is a, a, a very stinky one. Okay. He wants to know: Will we ever, ever, ever? And I kind of answered this earlier on the show with Tim, but will we ever, ever, ever see true disclosure? Sorry, Spence. Um. Yeah, I, I don't think we're ever going to get the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Not going to happen. No. Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, and I'm sorry that some of these uh, questions are. Similar to what we talked about on the show, it just kind of coincidence. But Spence, uh, I don't think disclosure, like I said, is going to ever happen the way we want it to happen. You know what I mean? So, by the way, folks, I'm really upset that none of you called in during the whole entire interview time, and even I'm saying, even a whole time. I'm saying, yeah, you guys can call in right now and still give your grievances. By the way, also, and it's still Festivus for the rest of us. Remember that. Now, uh, there you go. That's our second uh, question here through the a hole. So, Spence, there you go. Good question. Now, our third question. This comes from Terry out in Alaska. Hey, we have a listener in Alaska. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, Terry says, hey, guys, love your show. And uh, will you will you guys have on, uh, well, well, here you go. Will you guys have on Michael Horn ever on your show? I really hate him. I uh, would love to see you guys uh, call him and uh, or call Bat Squash on him on air. That would be really funny. Okay, the question is, does everybody know who he is? Michael Horn, yeah, that's the Billy Myers uh, pimp. Right. But we don't know if everybody knows who that is. Well, I would hope that less people know who he is than actual numbers. (laughs) Fortunately, a lot of people know who he is. Sad enough. So there you go, Terry from Alaska. You know, if he ever, look, if him or Blake Cousins ever decides to take up the challenge and be on this show, which I don't think they will. Just honestly, I don't think they have the testicular fortitude to be on this show and, and really uh, answer some tough questions. Well, that's a nice way to put it, testicular fortitude. By the way, I stole that from The Rock. I'm just saying. Okay. Completely did. So there you go, Terry. That's your answer from the a-hole. I was going to say nachos huevos. Oh, that's wait, another good one. Nachos. That's another good one. That's another good one. Now, um, let me see. We have one more question here, and this comes from Young Peter. And it's funny because we get a lot of first and last names, but I don't want to mention last names. Just right. Because, you know, it's kind of creepy. We want to protect the guilty as yeah. well as the innocent. Right. Peter here says uh, he wants to know if me or Alan uh, believe the alien autopsy is real, the, you know, the famous alien autopsy from the 90s, if we believe it's real oh, the one that Frakes, uh, The one that Frakes was uh, doing the uh, – he was being the mouthpiece for. 
Correct, yeah, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alan, what's your uh, take on that? I'll give my opinion in a second here, but what's your take on it? I mean, it, it was well it was well done. Almost everything was accurate, but there were a couple of things that, in my opinion, set off. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of red flags going up when I saw that video. I really did, but I was a true believer. This is, and you know, it's funny that that video. I'm sure there's a real video that exists. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. But here's the thing: that video, when when it was debunked, I was crushed because that video for me was so important growing up in the in, you know in the eighties and nineties and really getting into ufology after I saw the Travis Walton movie Fire in the Sky and and you know heard Art Bell on the air. Well, yeah, we got all so wanted to it. believe. I wanted to believe so badly, and when I saw that video, I was like, "There it is." That's it right there. It's an alien being laying on the table and it's being cut open. It looked so realistic. Yeah, so but there real. were things in the background. There were props that shouldn't have been there. there. Yeah. That was earth-shattering to me when I found out that this thing was fake. It really was. And, uh, you know, I actually know somebody who knew somebody who was involved with the production of that thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I kind of found that out a few years ago when, when I met this person in. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know somebody who was involved with that thing, and it was all fake and, and this and that, and, and just crushing my soul. Because even though I, I found out years later that it was a fake video and it was hoaxed, it, it, you know, a part of me always wanted to believe that, you know what, it was a real video, and they are just telling that to us because they don't want us to, to know the truth because the government went in and told them, hey, you guys got to stop telling people this is real because you got to cover it up. And, you know, I was hoping, Alan, that was the case. Wow. Surprise. I was crushed. So there you go, uh, Peter. That's, uh, you know, your blast through the a-hole. Hope you have a satisfying answer. Oh, wow. That was well phrased. Yeah, I'm going to have fun with this uh, segment, by the way. Mailbags from the a-hole. I have it every week for at least Mail five, bags minutes. from the a-hole. Well, or well, mail messages from the a-hole. Mail blast from the a-hole. I actually like mail blast from the a-hole. Folks, if you want to call in and give us a better name, go ahead. Come on. Please call do us. So. Now, if you do want to submit a question through uh, through the a hole, uh, it's very simple. You uh, you could email it, email us, and we'll tell you exactly how to do so. It's kind of a, a complicated process. Uh, you know, it's really a hands off, a hands on process to, to get it in there and and push it through the system and and then lubricate it its way all the way through the system and get to us. Yeah. And then once it gets to us, to, to push it outward into the the you know to, to the internet is is not easy. It's a, it's a tough process. So email us at info at skywatchersradio dot com, and we'll tell you exactly how to go ahead and go through the process. And whenever you guys want to send us any messages through the a hole, you'll be able to easily. It, it'll be at your fingertips. The first time it's very difficult though. <laughs> not very user friendly. I don't know what Keith was thinking when he was putting this together, but you just need to warm up to it, or you that's all, warm it up. It's only that first time. The second, third, fourth time, it gets easier. It really does. <laughs> so, again, if you guys want to ask any questions, if you want to learn how this thing works, if you want to have a question read right on air and uh, you want to use our, our, our A-hole for your own purposes. That's right, folks. Push that email right through his a <laughs> Email us at info at skywatchersradio.com. Now, we are short in time. Uh, that's all the uh, the mailbag through the A-hole. That's all the blast through the A-hole that we're going to have tonight. Oh, uh, we'll have uh, some more next week, I'm sure. You're gonna have well, well wow. we only got a few, we only got a, a few uh, messages through the A-hole. Uh, you know, Alan, it's, you know, it's, this is new technology. I've only given it out to a few people, and a few of our listeners know about it. And, uh, you know, as it grows and the A-hole gets bigger and it becomes more popular, 
you know, I'm sure more people are going to be sending blasts through the a-hole, and we're going to have to read some of this stuff on air. And hopefully, guys, keep it clean. One thing I definitely want to urge is everybody keep the a-hole clean. It is, <laughs> it's important that we keep this thing nice and clean and sanitized for a lot That's of That's right. You're, you're right, Dan, you know, because we have the probe flying through space around Uranus, you definitely want to keep it clean. I don't know where you're going with that, actually. Well, I think our new satellite relay is flying around Uranus. Is it really? I thought that was a good answer. Uh, that is a good answer. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Boy, does he have a lot of chutzpah. We're a bunch of sick and twisted people here at this hour. Yes, we are. Uh, this hour, this is all you, you can be, actually. Uh, by the way, next week on Skywatchers Radio, I want to let everybody know that we're going to be live once again. I know we, we've taken a few weeks off in the last uh, month or two, and it's just, uh, you know, different things happen. We're human beings. Stuff happens. But next week, we, we will be on live, and it's going to be my birthday next week. So, so happy Yay, birthday to me. Finally, Yay. you hit puberty. That happened last year. Thank oh. you very much. Sorry. My voice got deeper and everything. Okay. Now, it is a one-year anniversary of us being on uh, Dark Matter Radio Network, and uh, next week uh, we're going to celebrate that, plus my birthday, and uh, we might have a very special guest joining us. Cannot announce it yet. I, I, I am sworn to secrecy. This man is super important. Uh, he's one of my best friends in the world, and he might be on live with us next week. It all depends if he can get time off uh, from a certain individual that goes by the name of Zaxxon. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If Zaxxon can provide the time that he needs, he will be with us next week. And it's a tradition, this man. I'm not going to mention names yet. I want to I keep everybody surprised, but if you know who Zaxxon is, then you know exactly who I'm talking about. Be no secret. And uh, we have a lot of great shows for 2015. I mean, I can't believe 2014 is already over, Alan. It's here. It's gone. Wow. It's so... It's a, it's incredible how fast this year just flew by. Well, you know the joke. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll kiss five bucks goodbye. Indubitably. Well, with that said, that's a good enough uh, place right there to end the show. With that, folks, it is another uh, closing episode here on Skywatchers Radio. Another closing moment. And... Uh, with that, I want to take the moment to say and tell everybody to please go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, make us some money, because, you know. We could use it. It would be helpful. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so find us on uh, YouTube, Skywatchers Radio on YouTube. We have all our episodes up on there. Also, check out the website, skywatchersradio.com, for all our podcasts and all the news info. It's on there. Uh, Skywatchers Radio on Facebook. Please like our page and become friendly with us. Send us messages uh, on that email, info at skywatchersradio.com. And, uh, of course, we'll show you how to uh, send messages through the A-hole. So you can send us a, a quick blast through the A-hole right on air. We will uh, read think, yeah, every yeah. single message. We will read every single message. Yeah, we will try to read every single message. Uh, obviously, it depends on how you phrase it. Correct, yes. It all depends on how you... It, and again, has to be clean. Yes. We must keep the a-hole clean. Guys, till next week, this is Skywatchers Radio. I am Angel, he is Alan. Uh-huh. And you're the audience. Next week, call in. Don't be a stranger. We're here for you. Good night, everybody. Don't look at Santa as he's flying by. No, but keep looking up. Yes, the antlers will poke you in the eye. Keep looking up. You might see a reindeer tonight or tomorrow or the after. I think we've had a cocaine habit. That's why his nose is red. 
could be explains a lot. Yeah, doesn't it? He's that yeah. fast that, you know, he, he motivated, yeah. He, Cocaine's a hell of a drug, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> 